Hello, Jeanette. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I am dandy. Are you da- are you are you good to chat? Dandy. I am. I'm I'm never one hundred percent still, so yes, now I'm as good a time as any. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't know if you know much about the podcast I do, but basically this season I'm talking to people that about their different careers. Um, okay. And I wanted to chat with you about music. Um, so I guess to begin, um, uh, what would you say your career is exactly? My, well, you know what, actually right now, besides being a student, I would say I am a vocalist. I just, um scored a new band and we are looking to start digging soon so I would um, describe myself as a vocalist. Now do you usually have a band backing you up or I, I, is I mean I guess which way do you usually work you saying you just have you just got a band um, is this a brand new thing playing uh, performing with a band? Well no it's not my first time performing with a band I used to sing with a classic rock band um, maybe 2010 to through, uh, 2012. So this is my my second band that I've been the front person for, but I've sung with various bands like since forever, you know, maybe as a background vocalist or, you know, a co-lead singer, but I've only been in two that I've been the actual lead singer for, the only lead singer for. What inspired you to become a vocalist? You know what? I, I'm always singing. I was always singing. Um, I wanted to be a veterinarian when I was little, but I also wanted to be um, Sam Harris, that guy that was on uh, Star Search. You can hit those little high notes. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've always had a love for singing. My grandmother um, sings classical. My aunt sings. Um, I guess it's just in my blood. That That's quite a departure from being a veterinarian. I, I know. I don't know what happened. What was I don't that? What I, were you pursuing that, be, to being a veterinarian for a while? Or was no. that just a child, something you thought about as a child? That was just as a child, as a child. Yeah, I guess I kind of grew out of it. And I think what happened was I realized I was allergic to my cat. And that kind of dashed those dreams. So, <laughs> yeah, that might make yeah. it difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so are you a vocalist full-time? I know you're, you're going to school as well, but is it, is it something, the, the thing you do full-time, or do you have another job as well? It has been a full-time thing, but right now, no. It hasn't been. And actually, I'm just getting started again. Um, Let's see, I had a break, uh, 2012, so it's been about a two-year break. And, of course, I sing with, um, you know, backgrounds of people, Arrow, just, but it hasn't been a full-time thing or even a part-time thing for a couple of years. Why did you end up taking a break from the music? You know what? Um, I guess uh, different reasons. One thing, I moved to North Carolina, and I was um, with my partner, and we were in a military town. And I took gigs where I can get them, but they didn't come off it. So just living in the boondocks in Fayetteville for over a year, for one, that slowed me down a lot. I know, that's right. I totally forgot about that. You disappeared, and then you reappeared. Yeah, yeah. So I gave a lot of performances to the living room furniture, but <laughs> not much beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> so do you do you have a, a certain way that you train? Do you have certain practices you do before a show? You know, some people I know will refuse to, like, talk the day of a show or the day before. Do you do any of those things? Well, I'm not that extreme, but I, I will keep talking to a minimum. I make sure I'm not talking loudly. I do my vocal warm-ups. I'll have some tea. I'll do a lot of praying. Uh, don't let me hit any bad notes and just make the best of it. Now, your education, does your education have anything to do with your singing or music, or is it completely separate? 
No, actually, it's, it's not. Um, I've been in choirs since uh, probably first or second grade. And when I came out here um, in 93 and went to school, college in Pasadena, I was a music major. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This new band, uh, how new is this? We've had three rehearsals. Oh, I knew it is. <laughs> now, is this, did you put together the band or did you join a band? I joined the band, actually. The musicians were looking for a vocalist, and I answered the ad on Craigslist, and maybe a month and a half, two months later, they responded, and I went into audition, and they decided to keep me. Where are you going to school right now? In Fullerton, Fullerton College, and I'm going for the two-year um, Pilates instructor program. How did you get, it? How did you get into that? I guess I, I could never really put it into words until recently, but... Um, two of my passions are, you know, of course, music and overall health. And um, I used to be a personal trainer. I've, um, I've always, I've worked out since uh, maybe junior high school. Seemed like I always dated people who were boxers or, you know, some kind of athlete and that always kept me in the gym. And as I got older, I realized it wasn't just about looking good. It was about feeling good and letting that just spill over into every area of your life. So I'm, I'm really an advocate for good mental health, physical health, you know, on the spiritual health, all that good stuff. So, and I think music plays a big part of that because it helps you feel good. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was wondering, I was like, is there a way to bring together to intersect? You know, the the your um, music love and your love for um, fitness and health. I have a few things in mind. I got a few ideas. Mm-hmm. Are are they yeah. top secret? Like you're afraid people are going to steal them ideas? No, no, actually. Well, because I'm all into the um, holistic approach and all that good stuff, and I was thinking about making my own musical meditation CDs or, you know, relaxation music and things like that. So, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, you could be doing your practice, and you're like, would you like to buy a CD? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so have you, um, have you recorded any original stuff, um, or do you tend to work on other people's music? Um, I work on other people's music, but I have recorded uh, my own CD. I think I did that back in 2007. Um, since then, I've, I've written a crap load of songs. And um, I guess just waiting for the right combination of people to work with and, the, you know, picking the right songs. Because I would write stuff, and then I would say, oh, this sucks. And I would throw it in a drawer. But now, I'm, I'm kind of ready to step out of that, you know, fear zone and, and really start working with some of the things I've written. I am looking forward to uh, recording another CD in the very near future. You're talking about that fear. What What is the fear of exactly? Well, um, the fear, I guess, came from maybe thinking nobody would like what I had written. You know, nobody liked the song. This makes sense to me, but maybe it won't to anybody else. Or um, also, I did a lot of um, comparison, you know, for a long time. Oh, I don't sound like this. Nobody's going to like it. You know, my... My writing style is not like this. Nobody's going to like it. But I just read something recently, and um, it was a singer, but I can't think of her name, Emil Sam or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, you know, as long as you're 100% you, you know, you're going to be the best at it. Nobody can do it better than you, you know. So I don't have to be like anybody else. I don't have to sound like anybody else. I can just be me. And, you know, the people who like it will like it, and the people who don't, you know, they won't. It's like, you know, everything is not for everybody, but... At least I'm able to get past that, you know. Of course. So when you were um, 
afraid back when you're doing your uh, songwriting, would you actually be too afraid to share your songs with anybody else? Well, at one point, um, a friend of mine was doing a, a stage play and she needed someone to write songs. And um, I actually, I didn't even know her long. And I wrote a couple of things for a stage play and she loved it. And I think what happened, um, when I recorded my CD, the producer that I worked with, so basically to answer your question, no, I, I did used to share it. Mm. And, and I was happy about it and proud of it. But the producer that I worked with, kind of, um, I allowed him to kind of knock me down and took maybe comments to heart, you know, and that kind of just nipped everything in the butt for me. I just kind of went back in my shell, I guess, or went in the shell thinking, oh, I have to have, you know, this much experience or knowledge to do this. When in actuality, I had been doing it, you know, mm-hmm. already. I know. It's, yeah. I think in the, the creative arts, especially, it's, it's so, I, I was even hearing this on a podcast the other day. It's hard to measure like the, the milestones. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. if you think yeah. about like a, well, I call it normal, it's probably the wrong word, but like a standard career where mm-hmm. maybe you get with a company and, you know, you can market by like you got a raise or you got, you know, a title change. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, you're, whether it's music or movies or whatnot, you know, you could have been spending 10 years and it's really hard. You don't have those same markers to kind right. of reference. Right. And, but sometimes, yeah, you, you know, you do have the experience. You have put it in. It just, you know, it's, it's hard to to take notice of that right so how did you record that that album well you mentioned uh, you were working with a producer what did you go into the studio and do that or a lot of people these yeah, days yeah. can record at home yeah that's exactly what we did he has a home studio and i'm um, actually to master it he took it to another studio but most of the stuff we did on our own at his home do you do you know a lot about the engineering aspect of recording no, I don't. And actually, I was looking into that, too, at school, but um, I've already got too many classes, so um, I had to put it on the back burner for now, but I don't know enough. I have my own little Avid studio, mm-hmm. but um, I don't like to read directions, and everything is like trial and error. <laughs> so I'm yeah. slowly but surely, you know, figuring it out. Well, it's like, I feel like there's so much you could learn, especially with the audio. Like, I'm even interested sometimes, but then there's a point mm-hmm. for me where I'm like, maybe I should just trust somebody that knows how to do that, and then I will focus on this other thing. <laughs> it's always good to have a little bit of knowledge of it, yeah. though, you know, because, you know, yeah, I, I could get more stuff done on my own, and then, you know, to have someone else take it from there. Mm-hmm. But I think if I learn more, it would um, eliminate me putting a lot of my work and a lot of my creativity into someone else's hands because nobody really sees or hears things like you do. That's true. And do you have fear when you reach out to people, you know, for the first time and you're sharing your material with them that they'll steal it or you'll take your ideas? Is that a fear that goes through your head? Um, no, I never think anybody's going to take my ideas. Um, and now I wouldn't even say fear if I'm sharing it with somebody. I wouldn't say fear. Just maybe a little, just a little bit of anxiousness, maybe nervousness, maybe. Mm-hmm. But not fear. Well, that, that's that's trusting. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Should, should I should I be afraid? <laughs> no, no. I mean, you shouldn't. I'm afraid. <laughs> No, but I think it's just, especially nowadays, it's so easy to share stuff online and, you know, it, it's right. one thing to send stuff with friends and I think even sometimes I can get sloppy about stuff. You just kind of, yeah. I, I tend to assume everybody's a good person, you know, it's like, I, oh, everybody's a good person. People are nice. Yeah. And, and it's just that, too, you know, can you be too trusting? Not 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 that you should be afraid. <laughs> well, yeah, and you have a point and actually my partner, she, she tells me, kind of warns me about that a lot too. 
But um, I, I'm kind of airy-fairy. Oh, it'll be okay. <laughs> Until it's not, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and then you can go the other side where you're just deathly afraid about every bad thing happening. And I kind of believe that people that are super, you know, afraid and think everything's going to go wrong, it usually does end up going mm-hmm. wrong for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's true. You know, you're putting it out there. Yeah. Now, I know, um, you know, the creative creative jobs um, are the, the area where, you know, one day you can may- be making really good money. The next day you could be making mm-hmm. nothing. Um, for you right. personally, you know, being a vocalist, is it something that allows you to support yourself or you, do you have to supplement your income? Um, you know what, Jeanette, it actually, it depends. It comes in waves. Like right now, of course, I have to supplement my, in- my income, but, um, sometimes things will come back to back. Hey, once you think I'm Puerto Rico, hey, we got something for you in Vegas, you know, something, you know, in Jersey. So I've been pretty blessed at certain times. Not to say other times I'm not blessed, you know, but sometimes the gigs just really come in, and usually they're out of nowhere. Um, I sang for um, on an Olivia Cruz, and how they found me was through um, a guy I had recorded with in Atlanta, and they didn't know how to get in contact with me. I, I have I have no idea how they even found me, but he was like, "Hey, remember me? Well, some people from Olivia something called, and they wanted blah blah blah." So a lot of things just come out of nowhere for me. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, th- that was my next question, um, now that we're kind of talking about that, is how, how do you look for, for work? I even check Craigslist, you know, word of mouth, um, because, because I'm saying background for so many, di- you know, so many different people. Hey, you know, who's doing this or who's doing that? Or if there's something that I come across online that I'd like to be interested in, I'll submit to it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and, and they call that great. Actually, um, my gig in Puerto Rico, I just submitted to it on a whim, you know, and um, it was really, really just in a joking way. Hey, I see you guys looking for a singer. You know, I bet you it's me. And they were like, well, who are you? And then after that was the opening, you know, so I sent them all my stuff. And sure enough, they're like, okay. Now, when, now so when, you, when you get these gigs and, um, I mean, I guess everyone's different. How How is the rehearsal process? I mean, do you usually get a lot of time? Because I'm, Assuming you're getting songs thrown at you that you have to learn pretty quickly. No, with Olivia, it was my own, you know, my own stuff. I didn't have a lot of time to prepare, and it was my first time doing a show all by myself. But um, I worked it out. Now, with um, other places, other um, gigs, they'll send me a list of songs, you know, that they want me to perform. And, um, but I'll have a longer amount of time. So for so this, can go either way. For the Olivia um, gig, were you backed by tracks or a live band? Which gig? I'm sorry, I missed some of that. The Olivia gig? Oh, it was it was tracks. It was tracks, and actually what they had, um, uh, this particular cruise, they were having an artist showcase. So they got, a, it was uh, me, Blair Hansen, and um, a couple of other, uh, Nidra, I don't know, if, I can't remember Nidra's last name, but, um, you know, not, not big names at all, but people who were known in the LGBT community, and um, they got us, they called us up. Oh, that's great. I actually forget your question, but yeah, I oh, answered it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I got extra. It, it, you would answer in the beginning. It was whether or not you were playing with a live band or with, to track. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the the music industry is an ever-changing industry. Do you mm-hmm. – what is your relation um, to the music industry? Is it one of butterflies and positivity, or is it the complete opposite? You know what? Um 
I'm butterflies and positivity. However, I don't look at the industry that way. I look at it almost as the complete opposite. Um, when I was younger, in my 20s, like when I first first moved out here, I want to say from my early 20s to late 20s, I did a lot um, as far as um, you know, singing in the industry. I met a lot of different people, and it can be very discouraging. It can be a bunch of bull crap, you know. And um, so I learned that it's not butterflies and positivity. And, and a few times I say, you know what, I'm not singing anymore. But I've always come back to it. What advice would you give from your experience um, to somebody who might be looking to be a vocalist or to work in the, you know, in the music industry um, about how to deal with the, the negative aspects of the industry? Listen to your gut. Please listen to your gut. If it sounds too good to be true, it is. If it doesn't feel right, it probably is not. And speak up, speak up. Um, that was a major mistake on my um, my part because I'm looking at people thinking, well, they've been doing this much longer than me. They know better. So that's not always the case. And you can do yourself a huge disadvantage by not speaking up. Oh, that's, that is true. I, I also feel like the people that, you know, have been in the industry so long and you'd say, they, they know better. I think what they know better is how to take advantage of people and yeah. how, to, how, how to work around it, you know, but at the same time, I, right. I you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure that, you know, it's like every industry there's, there's good and there's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, um, a, a musician who's hoping to one day sign with a label or does that scare you? Um, it doesn't scare me, but it would have to be one heck of a label and it would basically have to, we would have to have, um, a belief system aligned, I guess, with one another. I don't want to do it just for the sake of doing it. If, if I ever did sign with a label, which is not a really big aspiration for me, I just want to be able to do what I love and support myself and, you know, help other people. Mm-hmm. But it never it never has to be some large, blown-out celebrity thing. I don't think I could deal with that, actually. But Because um, I watched, I, I don't know if you've heard or seen the, the documentary artist. <laughs> No, no, no. You, you, Basically, it's not a, it's not a big dream of mine. I just want to be able to, but I, I will be open to it. But I want to be able to do what I love and live doing that. Mm-hmm. Because I watched, I don't know if live you, a good life, right? if, mm-hmm. if you've seen um, Artifact. It's that documentary about Thirty Seconds to Mars. No, I haven't seen that. Um, I was I was watching it a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. it's basically it's it's following them while they're getting sued by their label. And I remember back in the day, I think it was TLC that kind of broke it down. You know, they were because a lot of people were not aware of the fact that you know an artist or a band gets signed to a label, and you're thinking like, oh great, we're rich, and then you really hear all these yeah. stories of how broke and poor these artists are because of how the the record companies how they um, handle the contracts. And so right. it was the same story all over again. And, um, you know, 30 Seconds to Mars was able to kind of rise against it and, and fight back their company. But it's just so many people nowadays with, like, you know, Macklemore, these bands that mm-hmm. figure out how to record it and do it on their own so that they can make right. all the money. It, that's just amazing to me. Yeah, me too, actually. I, <laughs> I still have a lot of uh, learning and research to do as far as that's concerned. But, um, I think that would definitely be a better way to go. And just because I've been, I guess, been burned on the, on a smaller scale, I can only imagine if I was working with so many other people that had their hand in the pot, you know? 
Right. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, when you talk about being burned, is it about not getting paid for gigs or how, how have um, you been burned? Well, once um, I, I flew out, I was asked to perform at an event, at an event in Atlanta. And by this time I had moved back to California. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we made all the arrangements and we had, you know, the pay and everything. And I got there and I sang and, you know, nothing was said. So by the end of the night, I'm done. And I'm like, okay, you know, my check. Oh, I'm going to mail it to you. Now, at this time, that, that check was my plane fare back home. <laughs> so um, I had to go over that person's head and, you know, get my check cut. But if they had told me, you know, well, this is how it's going to be. You're going to sing. You're going to, you know, mail you such and such. Or, you know, you'll get it on this day or after this time. You know, that would have been fine. But, um, you know, just just not having any open communication. Also, um, without going into too much detail, um, I believe that at one time, um, a musical partner I was working with took advantage of me. I was shelling out money, but I had no say in the process. I would ask, well, let me go to the studio to see how the mastering is. I no, 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 I'll take care of it. And it was always, I need more money. I need more money. But I wasn't getting any product. So finally, I, I flew back and I said, well, I said, hey, I'm going to be in California on such and such. If my master isn't done, I want all my money back. So. Did you get I, your, I, I did got you get here. your, <laughs> keep going. Well, I got, I got the CD, I got a CD with the, um, the word master written on it in, mag, in black magic marker. It was not a master. It was a regular burned CD. But at the time, I didn't know. So I took it, I got it, and I did everything I had to do here because I'm, finishing a move to Atlanta at the time. Mm-hmm. And then when I brought it back to Atlanta with me and we started trying to do other things with it, it's a regular CD. Well, it, it was a regular CD. So I had shelled out all this money to get a copy, you know, version of my CD. And I'm not sure if you know with the master, you can edit different things and, you know, but, um, how, yeah. How does that not leave you jaded? How does that, how are you able to keep coming back and keep going at your, you know, your passion for music? Um, I, I love to sing. I love music. I love, and, and even though I tried, I don't think I can stop it. it, it you know, even if I really, really tried. Um, as far as jaded, I sing more for pleasure now. Whereas back in the day, it might have been like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to get discovered. I'm going to, you know, um, it's never been about living a glamorous life. But of course, you know, I wanted to be, you know, uh, maybe Alicia Keys or, you know, in NDRE, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But um, so now I, I'm just, I just don't put myself out there as much. I'll do something because it brings me joy. And that, that's how it's changed me. You know, I, I don't, I'm not on the grind or the hustle anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if you were to look like five, da- five years down the road, where do you see yourself in relation to um, music? Five years down the road, let's see. Hmm. I see myself traveling and singing, but not on a big scale because when, you know, when I, ha- I have a small family now, but when I, I want to kick out a couple of babies and I want to be able to spend time, you know, with my family. So, um, maybe things like, you know, you, um, want you and your band, because I would like to have a, a, a home band, you know, traveling band, you know, there's an event we would like you guys to come out and, you know, perform here and there. Maybe if I had a standing, 
um, performance every year, you know, particular spot. But I will tell you this: my ultimate goal is to sing with an orchestra at the Rose Bowl. I mean, at the Hollywood Bowl. So, however, that's going to come around, and whatever I have to do to lead up to that. <laughs> that's you know, um, that's a nice goal and dream. Are are you flexible with in what way that can come? Definitely, definitely. I was just going to say, you know, it could be with singing with someone else. You know, it could. It could I'm definitely it could be singing with a group. It, it of course could be solo. You know, I would just I just see that and I feel it and I just really would enjoy that. Well, I hope that yeah, I hope that and, comes um, true for you. Thanks. Me too. <laughs> um, when when you're singing, I mean, other than the obvious differences for you, um, what are some big differences between being, you know, the the lead singer and then being the the backup singer? Well, definitely being, being a backup single for me, I was going to say more comfortable, but actually that's not the right word. Um, it is more, I can be more relaxed, I guess. Because I'm singing backup. You know, of course you have to sound, well, you know what, is there a difference? There is, but I don't even know if I can define it. Um, the only difference I can think of right now is the actual technical difference. When you're in front and when, you know, the when you're in the background, the focus is not all on you. Um, you do have to be a lot more engaging, you mm -hmm. know, when you're uh, up front. Um, and it, it has to show in everything. Your eyes, your movement, everything has to be engaging and, you know, uh, communicative to the audience. Whereas the background singer, you know, I mean, you still have to be, but it doesn't really matter as much. Sometimes they can't even see you. They can just hear you. Um, there's a bigger rush singing lead for me definitely definitely and um and probably hmm do you enjoy being a lead singer more than good. a backup I, I enjoy singing period and I, I like being a lead I like singing lead because it gives me an opportunity to do what I do and that's talk to people whether it's you know telling a story through a song or you know talking on I love to talk to people I love people I love to interact with people so I love to do that already and then being able to sing which I also enjoy doing that's just double and as far as singing background um, because I love to sing and I love to do uh, sing harmonies and um, that, that's, that's a lot of fun for me to do because background singers enhance what the lead vocalist does you know we, we enhance it well and I think um, even sometimes the backup singers <sighs> I don't. I can't even think of the word. It's it's enhancing definitely, but sometimes because uh, I, I watched the documentary Twenty Feet from Stardom. Did you see that one about mm -hmm. them? And it's no. just amazing how how many songs actually it's the backup singers that made the songs. Yeah, really. And I'm saying that now with this band. You know, I can't sing both parts, and I'm singing the lead, and it's just something missing. So now I have to, you know, find the background singer. Have you ever done that? I, I want to give the audience. Yes, when I was in Atlanta. Um, yeah, when I was in Atlanta, I sang a lot, and we auditioned background vocalists, and um, that's where I learned too. Oh man, it's really a good idea to have background vocalists who is ideal, even if they sound better than you. I was going to say as good as or better because it really makes a difference, you know, mm -hmm. and it really helps out a lot. It really helps out a lot. In Atlanta, that was my first time ever, you know, doing my own thing. So mm -hmm. I had three background singers. It was great. We did a few pride um, festivals, did little things like, uh, I think they called it like the Chitlin Circuit, go so down in um, Tennessee you know, or Alabama, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And it was a good time. I really enjoyed it. 
So how, what is, what is your process working with the uh, backup, backup singers? I tell them what I want. And then after I tell them what I want, you know, I always leave things open, you know, because they might interpret it differently and it might be something even better than what I had initially thought. But, you know, I have to, you know, I, I have to go in knowing what I want so I can effectively communicate that with the background singers. Well, that, that's, what I was, that's, that's what I was wondering, because you had said um, mm-hmm. when we first started talking, you know, sometimes it's hard to um, express what you hear or what's in your head. Do you think mm-hmm. you're, you do a pretty good job at that? Well, as far as vocals, yes. It's, with music, that's a different story. With the actual instrumentation, that's where, um, you know, things get crossed sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine that's difficult. Even day-to-day stuff sometimes. I know exactly what I'm thinking in my head and it comes out completely some other way when my mouth starts moving. <laughs> uh, well, one, one more question. Um, you know, the, there's obviously always good and bad to everything um, and not to mm-hmm. focus on the negative thing, but, you know, what what are some of the, I guess, hardships, uh, the, the difficult things that somebody who might be looking at, you know, your career could possibly face that they are not, aware of um having their creativity i guess maybe taken away you know sometimes you go in all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and we have this idea of what you know what what it's going to sound like but when you're working with other people um who have the backing that you might need you know it pretty much falls into their hands oh is that what you want to do well we see it like this you know what i mean so that could be an issue um Losing your identity to be an issue, not now. I, I can't say I made it that far to even have been threatened with that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, I take that back because um, one producer that I was working with, he had this idea of uh, changing my name because you know this is what you represent and that's what you represent. But I'm thinking, no, that's how you see me, you know. So if I hadn't, and that was fairly recently, so if I hadn't been at this stage, maybe younger, I would have said, okay, we can go with that. Did you contemplate for a second changing your name? Did I contemplate? You know what? I, I thought about giving it a try, but I like my name. So, mm-hmm. what what name, if I can ask, were you, were, were was oh, it man. being suggested? Do I even remember? Maybe that's how bad it was. <laughs> it's, it's that memorable, huh? One producer wanted to uh, have me go by Miss Tasty. Miss Pasty. Yeah. Yeah, Tasty, like oh, um, Tasty, that's tasty okay. yummy. Yeah, like tastes really good. Now, uh. <laughs> His reasoning was because, you know, we were both from Philly, and Philly has tasty cakes and things like that. But that can be, you know, misconstrued. The name-changing thing was something that was really big back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. But nowadays, I mean, yeah, I, I, Kia, I don't think that's like, uh, uh, you know, I think that's a, a pretty exciting and interesting name within itself. So I don't, I mean. Thank you. I, well, and it's funny, I think uh, somebody had suggested to Oprah in the beginning of her um career that she should change her name or go by something different and good thing really? she didn't yeah and now look right oprah you don't need to hear anything else exactly drop the winfrey just oprah <laughs> <laughs> right well any any other um things that you might caution anybody to um think twice about before they embark on a career of being a vocalist because while i'm sure it has a lot of its perks and a lot of excitement mm-hmm. it, you know you, you have to definitely pay your dues and go through your trials. Definitely. Definitely. Just be prepared. 
it all comes down to me. I'm old school to a live performance and just study your craft, practice. And I'm talking to myself as well because the worst thing is to have all these people, you know, they've heard your work and, you know, they heard your CD, they heard your single and they flock out to see you and you don't do a good job live. So I would say definitely practice it, you know, be committed to it if it's what you want to do. And um, think twice and get some representation before signing anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you practice yeah. every day? Do you rehearse every day? I have. I practice every day in spurts. I'll go like months and I'll just practice if I have to sing. But then um, I'll get into it. Okay, Chia, you know, you know, you can because actually, I can, you know, you can. I can be called at any time to sing, and I don't want to be caught. So since I've started back school, you know, I am. Um, I take my warm up CDs in the car with me. You know, so I'll just warm up in the car. You know, I'll go over old songs, and I just always want to because the voice, you know, the vocal cords, it's a muscle. So I always, I don't want to get caught in a rusty instrument. Mm-hmm. Have you ever you know, so. injured your voice? Have I ever injured it? No, nothing major, thank goodness. Where did you learn about how to take care of your voice and how to train your voice? Cool to sing in different choirs. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, t- I took lessons at some point, you know, in life, but um, mostly just from cl- different classes, different choirs, reading stuff, you know, trying to figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as being an artist, do you ever struggle with your ego? I'm thinking back to when you're talking about, you know, sometimes you're saying you, you work with people that you bring in your creative ideas and then, um, you know, they're changing things or they're making suggestions that it should be different. Um, mm-hmm. Do you find yourself fighting your ego in those situations? Um, in the situation where people have tried to change things, Unfortunately, then I was younger, so they probably went ahead and, you know, changed them. Um, now I don't, uh, I was going to say, I don't think it's, I really struggle with my ego, but I will say this. I know what I know, you know, and I know, I don't know everything. I don't even know everything about singing and music, but what I do know, I know. So don't try to, you know, pull something up in my head or get something past me or, you know, take a shortcut. And I know, no, this is how I want it, this is how it needs to be, and this is, you know, the correct way to go about it. Mm-hmm. You know, if there can be a right or wrong way to do anything. I do know what I would know as far as, like, harmonies and, you know, um, just, just different things like that. So um, sometimes, and I guess I guess the ego will come in, but it will, it will uh, show itself as impatient, as, in, yes, as impatient. This is how it needs to be done. How come we can't do it? Let's do it, you know. But I'm learning everybody, even among vocalists, everybody has strengths and weaknesses in different areas. So mm-hmm. this might be my strength, but it's someone else's weakness. And I have to be patient because their strength might be my weakness. That's true. Because I've just, I've, you know, seen artists before that, um, you know, they, they're headstrong. They, they want things a certain way because it's, it's their own creation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes somebody right. will come and, for lack of a better term, come in to maybe change it around. And half the time, though, they're, mm-hmm. they're making um, good, really good, healthy suggestions for the creative work. Mm-hmm. And other time, you know, and, it, and it's a hard call. I've seen people that wouldn't take advice or wouldn't take the suggestions because of their ego. Mm, okay. Is that no, ever something I, you struggle with? No, I'm always open to suggestions because um, whatever I do, I want it to be the best. So... 
somebody might have a really good idea and by me turning that down, you know, maybe my project won't come out, you know, because maybe would have been able to turn out better. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always open. Well, that mm-hmm. that's good for you because yeah. I think... Now shoot them down. I shoot them. <laughs> hmm? You shoot no, them. I'm, I'm kidding. I don't shoot them down. <laughs> yeah, after down. I ask, I'm like, okay, no, we're not going to do that. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> um, where where <laughs> could somebody find your music if they wanted to check out your music? Anybody can listen to me at on, on SoundCloud. It would be uh, www.soundcloud.com forward slash Kia Ham. And that's Ham with two M. And a ha- what is is just, just a couple songs up there? What do you have up there? I mean, it might be about between seven and ten songs in there. I'm not sure. And they all range from um, different, you know, some some as recent as um, maybe le- last year or the year before, and some all the way back to like 2002. So it's, it's quite a bit of Kia on there. You get a little bit of Kia at every stage. <laughs> is it um, a specific genre that you sing? Um, I sing mostly R&B. Yes, so uh, my brother and I uh, mess around with jazz. I think he had me on his page, but um, he wanted to get it copyrighted. So I didn't. I didn't do anything with it on my page. But um, jazz, R and B, soul. Um, I'm classically trained, but I don't have anything class. Uh, any opera, anything on SoundCloud. Can you sing opera? So, and I also did the. Mm-hmm, yes, my grandmother uh, sings opera. She went to Juilliard. Oh wow! And um, I guess I, I got I got lucky. Yeah, I heard that. Well, then you have and some strong I, vocal cords. <laughs> You know, and I started playing around when I was in, you know, in college, and um, one of the teachers told me, and apparently it was, it was pretty good, <laughs> so I got into the program. Well, good for you. Well, thank you so much for giving me some time on your Thursday evening to, to chat about music and singing. Thank you, Jeanette. Anytime. I know. I haven't seen... I, was the last time I saw you, really, when we did the Boo Boo music video? Has it been that long? It was, it was actually when you uh, showed it. And, uh, oh, a couple yeah, of friends. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I came out, yeah. Yeah, and that was it. Oh, my goodness. Well, see, I think that's I why I forgot that you even Instagram. left. Instagram. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> I know. I, I, you know what? I, yeah. I, I do laugh when you said that they wanted your um, name to be Miss Tasty because I do know from your Facebook post that you are a lover of food. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm chopping up tomatoes as we see. <laughs> <laughs> well, Miss Tasty, thank you for your time this evening. That I enjoyed it. You have a good weekend. You too. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.